Welcome back to episode two of Monetize It. This podcast is being built, A, on the back of our book, Monetize It, the complete step-by-step guide on how to turn your gifts, knowledge, and passion into a profitable online coaching business. 166 pages of business building goodies. You can get it for free, lucasworks.com forward slash book. As of this episode, there's probably a wait list to get the free version, but maybe it's already out. You can still get the free digital version at lucasworks.com forward slash book. And I'm joined by the one, the only, the messy, Janet Chow. Very clean. Lucas likes to call me the messy one, but if somebody was like a fly on our wall, they would know all of your secrets. (laughs) I'm clean. Okay. All right. I just leave things. I'm I'm very scattered. I'm like a little chipmunk. I store things in different areas of the house. Yeah. I'll wake up and I'm like, okay, so this morning Lucas made coffee over here. He uh, grabbed a mug right here. He did this. You like leave a trail. It's okay. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I do. Today, uh, it's half true. Today, we're talking about a concept that that I feel like if more people embrace this, and I think this has more to do with self-trust than anything else. Yes. They would dominate, dominate their space or the business, and they would see accelerated results in their life. And that's the whole idea of, well, ultimately moving very quick. When you have an idea, you move on it. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to wait. You figure it out as you go. You figure it out as you build it. But more specifically today, we wanted to talk about Selling out your coaching program, and I've seen our clients do this, selling out their coaching program before a single module, before a single lesson is built. Instead of the other way that most people do it is they spend six months building out a program that they're hoping people will buy. And it is a very inefficient way to do business in 2022, 2023. We're selling a digital product, meaning we can build it very quickly and revamp it. People aren't buying the modules and lessons anyways. Like that's not what they're paying for, but even physical products these days, they're doing the same thing. They'll release a prototype and see if people actually like it, if there's interest in it. And if there is, they'll actually devote time, energy, money, and teams to building out that product. The days of building out a product for 12 months, it's just too busy out there. There's too many people doing it. And so you have to move quick. And So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. And I've, I've sold out many different programs before they were even built. And I'll kind of explain my process as we as we get into things here. With that said, I'm here with Shanna. Hello. 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 Yeah. So we like to call it busy work in the coaches you. We have a name for it. Busy work. It feels good. Feels like we're busy. We're creating our modules. We're filming all of our lessons. We're, you know, making even maybe making a really nice membership site. The only problem is there is no revenue coming in. And it's zero backwards. We actually shouldn't be doing it that way. And if you think of this example, like say you want to host a party, okay? You're going to host a party with 50 people and you're like, hey, everybody, I'm going to do this big party. And no one confirms, like absolutely no one are like no one confirms yet. You still pay deposit for the space. You hire all the catering, you get all the DJ, you basically pay for everything in the space without anybody confirming. You probably would never do that. You You wouldn't do that. So why are we doing that in the online coaching space, online business coaching space, uh, 
And understand this, like if you've been in your space for five years and you really know your audience and you really know your clients, customers, and you have revenue coming in, then then okay. You really know them. Maybe yes. you have a really good knack on, on building awesome products. You know they'll sell. Like you'll find your rhythm eventually. So I'm not talking about when you're there. I'm talking about, hey, have an idea. Mm-hmm. If I was to go and create I don't know, I'm looking at a cup here. So maybe some some kind of cool, unique line of cups or something. I don't know, whatever. I, w- I would literally put a message out there and I'd see how many people are interested. I, I honestly would probably make some pre-sale sales. Hey, we're going to sell 50 very unique, special versions of this cup. The wait time for it is going to be a little bit longer, but you're going to get this and this and this. And I would ensure that I had 15, 20, 25, 30 sales coming in. And then I would take that money because now I'm sitting on three, four, five grand. I go get the cups made and then they go ship. I would not order 500 cups, put all the money into it, and then actually start building out the marketing. There's just no way I do that. And and no no business does that unless they really know their clients, unless they really know their customers over time, then sure, you could you can find, you know, you can launch things successfully over and over and over. Uh, same thing with every product I sold, same things with every business I built. Uh, recently, we just started building a new subscription-based business. I think we're at over 180, 190 subscribers, brand new audience, brand new YouTube channel. And in just a few months, it's already a multi-six-figure business. It's on a run rate for seven figures for March or April. And my first batch of test clients that we got into it, I had nothing built. Mm-hmm. I, I I had the solution and I had what I wanted to, you know, you had the promise and you had the you had the offer built. And then once people join, they fill out a questionnaire and that questionnaire asks, hey, what would you, what would be your ideal outcome in this program and what do you want? And then, you know, 12 people told me exactly what they wanted. I built exactly what they wanted. It was a two-week wait time. And then they joined and they got exactly what they wanted. I didn't have to guess on what I thought people want. I just knew what they want because they told me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I think what you said from the beginning is like, it stems from self-trust, right? right. So people, you know, coaches might hide behind the modules. They might hide behind, totally. wait, okay, I already 100%. have, you know, 20 videos pre-filmed. So, so I'm good. So like people will buy and they'll get what they want. And it's like, but is it really what they want? hundred percent. And and I do get it. I get it because um, putting your, I, I, I would, I, I was having dinner with a gentleman a few days or yesterday. And we were talking about the fear of what people think. And I think all of us humans, me included, have, we want to be liked. We don't want people to, like, I don't like the feeling of knowing that someone doesn't like me. Like, I, I don't like that. Yes. Um, I don't think anyone does. I think we, no. we want to be liked. But I, I was very fortunate to, for some reason, have an adventurous spirit. And I just constantly put myself into situations on stages, like playing instruments and singing at open mics, being horrible about it, but having to walk off a stage or walk out of an audition or walk off some some acting class and sort of have this feeling of I'm so stupid, like so embarrassed, yet having to walk through the crowd and still talk to people and be like, okay, because, and I guess repetition of that, when I started a business, I was like, well, I'll just shoot the video and I'll post it on my Facebook and YouTube and 
if people don't like it, I can still kind of keep my head up high and, and keep moving forward. And so I understand why people are so terrified of failing because it's what are people going to think? Or if what if I launch this thing and no one wants it and I look like an idiot? But I will tell you this, and this is what we were having a conversation on dinner about is, I mean, you can answer this question for yourself, but when I see, when I see someone who's overweight, like grossly overweight at the gym and they're self-conscious and you can tell, but they're still in there and they're like lifting some weights. I get inspired as F from that. I would be very supportive of that person. And I think most people would. Now, the few people who would dare to make fun of a person like that, they, it is a mirror and it's, they're just reflecting their own insecurities out into the world. I think most people, if you're at an open mic night and there's a whole bunch of amateurs singing and you see someone like they're up there and they're getting stage fright and they're shaking and like you want them to just like, you can do this. Like we're, we're secretly thinking like you can do this. You can do this. At least I do. And, and I think most people are like that. There may be a few who are extremely judgmental and that's their own stuff. So just know that, that most people are cheering for you. A, anyone who calls you an idiot or makes fun of you or has something else to think that's their own issue. They, that's a mirror that they're holding up to the world. And three, most people are so damn busy that honestly, like you can mess up royally. And guess what? In the next 10 minutes, they've already forgot about it because they have their own issues in life and their own problems. And they, they're not going to sit there dwelling on, you know, your video that that may not have been perfect. So I think it's just self-created limitations and uh, sometimes we're we're projecting our own insecurities as well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that I think it's a lot in our own head, right? Big What's time. that quote? It's that Eleanor Roosevelt quote. It's like you'd be surprised how many people don't think about you. Or I'm getting this wrong, right? You're right. But yeah. yeah, that quote, right? It's yeah. like we think people are thinking about what we do, but no one is really thinking about what we do except ourselves to a certain yeah. degree. Or the people who are interested in what it is you're actually doing, like your ideal clients are probably paying attention because you're helping them. But your friend, honestly, even your family, I mean, I hate to say this, but your family is busy. They're not sitting there thinking about you and your business all day long. (laughs) They're, they're living their life. Your parents, your, your sister, brother, your cousins, they are living their life and having the human experience. And yeah, I don't know. I feel, I feel like there's a lot of freedom in that. I mean, if it's up to be, like it's up to me kind of freedom, but also just, I mean, you like no one, no one cares. So ultimately what I'm getting at is I think a lot of people have a fear of launching their business and program and they hide behind creating more modules. I've seen this so many times, building a new website, building some new modules, getting a new camera. I'll I'll wait to do the podcast until my mic comes in. Like, oh, I'll shoot my first video when I get a new phone. And I'm like, yo, it's it's very fancy procrastination over the one thing that matters. And that's just connecting with people and, and giving people value and connecting. That's all that matters. And a relation relationship building too, right? Relationship building, totally. We, we, you know, as coaches, uh building an online coaching business, you know, we might put a couple of pieces of content out there and you know, with a couple lines of copy, then we're like, how come people aren't messaging me? It's like we need to open the door and we need to build these relationships. Totally. Right. We need to provide value, build relationships, and so forth. Totally. And I think I think we wouldn't uh, just to bounce off that 
point. I don't think we listen, and, and this is maybe a, a bit of a human bias and maybe a, a weakness of the human being, but when someone speaks confidently about their topic, I mean, we see them as thought leaders, A, because they're making their own thoughts about something and they're coming up with their own ideas and they're kind of connecting the dots. And so we 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 follow that. But if if we're if we're timid and shy, and I'm not talking about just being timid or shy as a human being, because that that's that's fine. I'm like we all have our own personality types. I'm just saying if we're if we aren't attacking headfirst. And moving forward and creating on a daily basis. It's that whole bias of like, um, you know, people will, this is in Houdini's book or whatever that book is called. Um, what's that book called? Influence. But it's just the whole idea of like, when you see a busy lineup into a restaurant, you are sort of like, oh, that must be a great restaurant. Let's go there. Or if the restaurant is busy, oh, let's go there because that must be really good food when you don't know if 80% of those people are just paid to sit there and, and parties do that, VIP parties do that, Vegas really does cheap. that. What's yeah. that? Or it's just really cheap. Yeah, right? Yeah. Or that. <laughs> Vegas does that. Um, brands do it. Like, it. like we do, businesses do it. And so there is an element of like, there's always something going on in this coach's business. They're always posting about, a client win, or they're always posting about an experience they had or an upgrade they're doing to their program or something new they're launching or a new video they just shot or a new podcast they just shot. We pay attention to those people because A, I think we're drawn to their energy. They're always creating, taking imperfect action, doing things. And then, and I just, I just feel like a lot of people, they wait way too long from idea to execution. And by yes. the time they get to the execution, the idea has already lost 80% of its, its mm -hmm. excitement because the idea yeah. has been played in your head for so long that now it's just getting started is the hardest part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Getting started is the hardest part. Yeah. In the you, when clients have, they say, okay, I'm going to do this by this. And like, okay, let's cut this in half. Totally. Let's, let's speed this up. Right. Okay. I have the quote. I have the quote here. Oh, <laughs> Oops. You wouldn't worry so much about what others think of you if you realize how seldom they do. It's good. That's the quote. It's very true. Very, very true. It's very true. Um, I we we used to give exercises to clients, and I mean, I'll still do it here and there because I've run a few different types of programs. But one was like, "What is the thing that you're most terrified of?" We're not talking physically threatening. You're not jumping off a massive cliff or doing a backflip on a dirt bike or whatever we're talking about emotionally. And, and I used to do this. I think clients know this and I think I've talked about this a few times, but it's just like, if you really want to lean into this, I just dare you. Like when you're walking downtown across the street, like take your shirt off and yell at the top of your lungs and then put your shirt back on a walk. Like nothing happened. And if you need to drive to a different city to do this, fine. But you realize that everyone looked at you. Everyone probably had some judgment. Everyone just thought something of you and walking and feeling your body. Like all of that fear, all of that panic. It is the scariest thing for someone to be rejected from society. And after five or 10 minutes, that feeling wears off and I'm being extreme here, but I'm kind of an extreme person. You kind of realize that you're okay. You're alive. You may be the story for some people around the dinner table, they're going to be like, Hey, you won't believe it. Like some guy was just walking down the street. 
took his shirt off, yelled, and did a handstand. And it was it was really, really strange. Thought over, that's it. But if you do that a few times, you start realizing that it didn't burn you. Like you walked through the fire, people said things and looked at you, and you're still alive. And I just think there's a lot of power in exercising that. And if that means you go to open mics on the weekend and you sing in the worst, like you suck, you're so bad, but you sing your heart out and you know, everyone's thinking, oh man, this isn't very good, but maybe they're proud of you for like going up there and like, oh man, that takes courage. And then you have to sit down and you know, everyone kind of just had to hear you sing and you're going to feel your heart beating and you feel your face red. I've, I've done it many times. Oh, me too. And then you're like. You almost kind of feel alive, like you feel yes. very energized and alive with it because you're mm-hmm. really stepping into it. But you just realize you can't be touched. And I do think that that skill, it, I mean, it pays dividends in the future. And I think most of us have just been so conditioned over the years to be so rigid and tight and and concerned about what someone may think of us. And I I just don't think you can let your authentic, your authentic self shine. You're going to keep just recording that audio clip until it's perfect. And by the time that happens, it's like someone else, me, I've already launched 18 different episodes. By the time someone does one, I'm not, I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just saying that speed is your best friend in this for sure. Before you can think about it, just do it. Just do it. Imperfect, imperfect action. Uh, if I can take this back though to the shirt uh, example, we're not like promoting streaking or anything for women. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> You're like I'm streak your shirt off. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was a part of a men's group, and we did things yeah. like that, um, embracing, um, like standing up in a really busy street, jumping on a you know mm-hmm. on a on a newspaper stand, and singing a full song while people walked by, and it mm-hmm. was, um, it was extremely freeing. I remember the week after that workshop, I was like. I'm free. Like I actually, I've walked through the fire and I can't be burnt. And and I think I kind of, I, I, I got some form of freedom ever since then. Um, mm-hmm. and I, 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 I don't know. I'm just like, I just like put it out there. Cause you find the people who resonate with it. Yeah. And if you're not putting yourself in situations that are uncomfortable, you know, you're not growing. Totally. Like I, I can think back to, um, like I have 10 years of acting theater, you know, film experience. And I joined a method acting class for the first time years ago in Vancouver. And these were professional actors who were killing it. And I walked into the class and they were all pretending to be babies on the floor, like speaking yeah. in baby voice and walking around, like crawling. Right. And I was, I, I told the uh, coach that I was going to be late for the, you know, one of these classes. And he's like, okay, so I want you to join in. And I, you know, I wasn't there. Right. Right. I wasn't there, but did I do it? Yes, I did right. it. Was I probably the worst in the group? Yes. And we all have to start somewhere, right? We have to start somewhere. We have to get out of our comfort zone because that is when we truly grow. So if you're one of the, these coaches who maybe have a couple of really good content ideas and you've recorded them, that deleted them, you have them saved in your desktop, you have them saved in the draft section of your phone, this podcast episode right here is to remind you and to motivate you after this to undraft them and publish them. It is your call to action. Maybe maybe you yes. need some method acting or some singing lessons. <laughs> I do though. I've told so yeah. many clients who are so rigid, especially they've been in corporate for 10 years. They've just kind of lost that mm-hmm. 
hid in them and and it's natural it's, it happens i've i've been after the rigs i had no play in me i had to learn how to like become playful again go sign up for a random acting class on a wednesday evening at a theater and you will make a complete fool out of yourself and then go home and and realize that you're still alive in fact you will probably feel very alive or go sign up for an open mic night and just go play us go sing Celine Dion or something a cappella and make it so out of tune, out of out of like just so bad. And then go yeah. home that night and realize you will probably feel more alive than you have in a long time. Mm-hmm. I think it's why we like amusement parks. We get to feel that for a moment. But I'm like, you could kind of create a life that you almost feel that not that high, of course, on a daily basis. You're trudging into the unknown. You're 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 sailing into the horizon and you don't know what's on the other end of that. And that that is a big reason I like entrepreneurship too is like it's constantly the unknown mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And in the unknown is the only place that something new can be built. Mm-hmm. If you have a job and you know exactly what's happening every single day on your calendar, when your holiday is, where you're staying for the next 12 months, the chances of there being some new experience in your life is very slim. But if you start taking a different road, if you start going here instead of there if you start going for lunch on the other side of town if you start meeting some new people if you start booking a one-way ticket somewhere and just seeing what happens you'll be amazed at how much new comes into your life and if you're looking for a change which i think we're all looking to upgrade ourselves that's that's where the change lies yeah I always think of the feeling, you know, many people have before they do something out of their comfort zone, like your heart beats really fast. You get nervous, you feel in your body, you know, maybe you start overthinking your heart beats, you know, fast, your face goes red, whatever it is. Right. So whenever I get nervous, cause I, I still, I'm human. I, I still get nervous. I, you know, there's times I get nervous. Um, I always like to think of like the feeling of accomplishment when you work through that. Mm-hmm. So that feeling mm-hmm. afterwards where you're like, wow that was so amazing. And then that high you almost get. So like I I've done live performances and that feeling that you get on stage or, you know, in front of camera or whatever, you can't remake that feeling. And it's such a beautiful feeling. You're growing in the moment. And then the after feeling of that is like, so if you get in your head a lot, try to think of how much growth you develop when you work through past it. Totally. So your reminder to undraft those videos if you have them. (laughs) Undraft and publish. Publish. I'm big on that. With that said, I guess I guess I guess that's kind of I like to make each episode have some sort of call to action, but it's just like that thing you're terrified of doing, that's not life threatening and you're not gonna die doing it. Full disclaimer. This isn't this isn't this isn't jump out of an airplane advice. This is Mm -hmm. uh, some emotional fear, some conversation. I've had clients we've worked with who I'm like. What about that conversation with that person that you know you have to have? Mm-hmm. And it is amazing at how much baggage or how much blocks they release in their body when they have that conversation and the freedom they feel after that and how uh, we don't have to talk about energetics today because this will make for long episodes, but just how much more creative energy and how much more forward momentum they start building because they had that conversation. They were hiding and they were terrified of what their parents think of them. So they haven't been posting their content on Facebook. And they have the conversation and they either get the support from their parents or they don't, but they've had that conversation and they're set free. They severed that tie. 
and there's a lot of kind of Joseph Campbell hero's journey stuff in there, but um, our, our bond to our parents can sometimes be, be extremely strong for some people, but I'm just talking about like anything that, you know, you need to do, but you've been putting off. Is that a strategic, how to build a funnel advice? No, but the creative energy that that unblocks as an entrepreneur for you to move forward and do new things is, I mean, I've seen, I've seen transformations just from doing something like that, like financial transformations, because we settled some things we had to settle or we faced a fear and we realized we're still alive. You do that enough, you become unstoppable. Yes, 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 yes. So that's our call to action for you today. Uh, LucasRubers.com forward slash book, monetize it. We will have an actual entire website built for the book, but just to be on the safe side, by the time this episode comes out, it's probably still hosted on lucasrubix.com forward slash book. If you'd like to sign up for the wait list or download the copy, if it's out by the time you listen to this episode, then again, lucasrubix.com forward slash book. Any parting words from Miss Shanna Chow, the messy one? The non-messy one, parting words is... You didn't come this far to only come this far. Undraft those videos. <laughs> Love it. Undraft those videos and go subscribe to this podcast. Yes. Love it. Appreciate y'all. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.